0: You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast.
1: It's Spain and Fitz, the final show before Christmas. And of course, at the last minute, they took Fitz. Fitz Fitz is off doing another show later. Tomorrow, someday, who knows? As usual, even though the Christmas spirit should be filling all of us, he's still going to cheat on me with a different slot. It happens. It happens a lot. Teron Davenport swooped in in a bow tie. I don't know if he's actually wearing one, but he is in most of his photos. So the picture I have in my head of Teron is in a bow tie, Christmas finest, ready to just step right in. We won't even know Fitz is gone uh, until Fitz joins us later to make his picks. Uh, But other than that, we got this covered and we got a lot to cover because... It's, 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 uh, it's getting serious out there in every single sport. And, and we're going to do that today. We're going to cover a bunch of different sports, how COVID's affected them, the playoff pictures, the, the Christmas games, all of that, uh, with a little bit of a nice holiday backdrop. And that is our eight favorite Christmas tunes, holiday tunes, uh, getting you into every segment. Teron gave four. I gave four. Let's see what we're starting with here. Oh, a little mm-hmm. Aaron Neville. Okay. It is a good tune. Grown folk music. Year. Okay, please come home for Christmas, Aaron Neville. Uh, by the way, we're going to have you guys vote near the end of the show on who's got the better list of the best holiday songs. Aaron Neville, please come home for Christmas. Good one, very good one. Starting off strong here from Tehran on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM channel eighty. Tron, tell the folks what you do quick. You're a, you're a Titans beat reporter, yes?
2: Yes, ma'am. I am ESPN's NFL Nation Titans beat reporter. I also provide Whiteboard Wednesday, which you can see on ESPN.com under the Titans page. and I'd like to go beyond reporting, give a little analysis, some chalk nice. talk, and that's what we do.
1: And you used to be an Eagles man.
2: Yeah, I did cover the Eagles for two years, 2017 and, and 2016, and that was able to be parlayed into the worldwide leader, man, and it's a dream come nice. true. So I'm, I'm living a life. I, I can't stop smiling.
1: We are all living the dream. It's somebody's dream, at least, most of the time. <laughs> uh, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests going to join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Let's get into the college stuff. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Uh, the new announcement today uh, as we approach a college football playoff that will be played in the midst of a rampant spread of COVID. The Omicron variant is so transmissible that it, the, the joke was sorted that Everybody knows somebody who knows somebody with COVID. And now at this point, we just all know somebody. Everybody's getting it. It's happening. Four NFL coaches, multiple NBA games canceled. The NHL is on a break. And now college football is having to look ahead to ask the question of if a team is not able to participate What's the answer? And, and Tehran, it's not as simple as rescheduling. And Heather Dinich laid it out. It's You know you can't reschedule because you need some of these players to declare for the NFL draft in the middle of January. The NFL schedule and TV times for things like a national championship, really hard to work around. And then keeping players on campus, extending practices, everything else, it's just too complicated. So they're, they're not going to do it. Instead, you're just going to forfeit if you're not available. And Heather was on with Canty and Golik Jr. talking about that.
3: Well, I think the best way to summarize the new policy for college football fans is that a team can advance to the national championship and ultimately win it by its opponents having to forfeit. That is, as it says in the news release, preparation for the worst-case scenario. And the CFP broke it down in that if a team cannot play in the national championship because of COVID-19, the other team wins the national title. And it goes on to break down those separate scenarios for the college football playoff semifinals at the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic and also the Orange Bowl, the Capital One Orange Bowl. And so if you have it, they even break it down. And this is, I don't want to say unrealistic, but it's an unlikely scenario that three of the four semifinalists aren't able to play. Then that one healthy team that's left is the national champion. And then if both teams can't play in the national title, it's declared
1: a no contest. Okay, so the least satisfying national championship ever, including for the people who get to call themselves the winners, would be if you just forfeited and you're like, I guess we're the only ones left.
2: Yeah, I guess it's literally survival of the fittest. And you see some of these rules that are breaking down as far as entrance to the field. You have to file proof that you were a negative test. So they are taking measures to try to make sure that everybody is safe to play the game. But... I mean, leading into the game, it could end up being like I said, survival of the fittest, and uh, you know, probably the most disappointing title uh, for anybody, unless you were UCF, where you you had your own uh, rings that you made for yourself.
1: Yeah, exactly. Although they they had a they had an argument for we could have won, whereas the other ones they 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 could still say that, but it just I don't know. The forfeits would not make it very fun, and. This is – I do not envy the coaches and the folks at these programs trying to figure out how to mitigate the losses because, like I said – There are people I know that are incredibly safe, taking every precaution, and they're still testing positive because some estimates are that Omicron is 70 times more transmissible than the other strains. Now, thankfully, thus far, the reaction to it has predominantly been mild. That's the hope for this. Although, uh, as somebody once said, uh, the plural of anecdote isn't data, right? More and more anecdotes isn't yet enough data for us to know for sure what it is, but so far... Lesser reactions, but incredibly high transmissibility, which means that these coaches are trying to figure out how to keep their players available. And one of the options there is don't go home for Christmas. Don't mm-hmm. go away from the team. And Heather Dinitz talked about that on Kenny Golick Jr. as well.
3: Yeah, that's a good question. I I haven't talked to any players specifically uh, about that, but I would imagine that some of them are at least considering that. You know, the other thing, too, that I wanted to point out is that we're at the time of season where injuries and players opting out also decreases the roster size. And so when you look at Texas A&M not having enough players for the Gator Bowl, it's a compilation of things. Their athletic director, Ross Bjork, texted me the numbers, and he said we have 42 scholarship players unavailable for a combination of COVID, season ending injury, opt outs and transfers. So 42. But he told me that close to half of those are due to COVID and a majority of those have symptoms.
1: Mm. So it's getting sticky already. And Toronto, I mean, I, I know it's it's a difficult decision to make, um, and we all very much prioritize family, and especially as a college kid, that, that's an important thing to be a part of. But if I've got a potential national title on the line, I'm not leaving a room. I'm I'm going to sit and stare at a wall until the game starts.
2: Yeah, I'm quarantining myself, and I'm not, I'm not leaving a room either. And I think it's just a matter of understanding perspective. I would imagine each of these players, their family understands that there's a, a bigger thing at hand, a bigger task. And that they understand themselves. That Hey, you know what? Maybe I do have to forego a, a little, uh, you, you know, turkey and stuffing and all the good stuff for, mm-hmm. for Christmas that you normally get. Maybe I have to forego that for this thing that that is in front of me. And I, I tell you one thing, Sarah, I, I really like what Michigan is doing to where they're as a team going and getting that booster shot. Yeah. Uh, that's something that that is a, a wise decision just, you know, because I, I don't know if they have guys on there who who aren't vaccinated, but I mean, like this will encourage everybody to, or who haven't gotten a booster, you know, this will encourage everybody to go ahead and do it.
1: Yeah, completely agree. Uh, unless your family is like, crazy rich or got crazy wild plugs i don't know that anyone's getting a better present than a national title so Mm. you can save the presents. you can wait you can you can get them later uh if that means that you can stick around campus and be safe so straight talk brought you by straight talk wireless no contract no compromise uh the nba tons of postponements but we also got questions about when hopefully things are a little bit more back to normal and teams are full strength should we be worried about the Lakers? Is it time to panic yet? I know Teron's got thoughts on that. Quinn Richardson will as well. He's going to talk hoops next. Spain and Fitz, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: You're listening to the Spain and Fitz Podcast.
1: As I say, whenever we play this song, you got to watch this, the movie the night before. It is a new classic. And they do a karaoke version of this. It's not a good version of the song. The song is not done well, but the the movie is spectacular. Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, <laughs> Tehran Davenport in for fits tonight. We are running down our favorite Christmas tunes, and Christmas and Hollis is on the top of Tehran's list. It's Absolutely. a good one. It's a good one. He's uh, he's putting his list up against mine. You guys will vote on it later, and that is going to be a a, a good one in your favor. You're gonna get a you're gonna get a lot of votes for that. Uh, let's get to the Goodyear Hotline, where the host of the Knuckleheads podcast, former NBAer Quentin Richardson, joins us. Q, thanks for the time.
4: No problem. Thanks for having
1: me. So I was listening to Greeny today as I was prepping for the show, and he had some wild stats about the Lakers needing to be the first team ever to, to have some of the struggles that they've had and go on to win it all. I am constantly reminding myself Not to doubt LeBron James, no matter what the regular season looks like. But is it this year that we really have to strain credulity to figure out how a guy could have a supporting cast like that and be the age he is with the injuries he's had lately and still pull it off?
4: I'm I'm, I'm kind of along the lines with you there. I, I, until it happens, I, I got a hard time doubting doubting LeBron uh-huh. with the, with the body of work he's been able to put together. And still knowing that this, you know, we haven't even hit Christmas yet. So I mean, this it's a lot of time left in this season, and a lot of things could change for them.
2: Q, what do you think about the way this team has been constructed, right? You have some defensive players that, that were let go, and they added in a bunch of offensive guys, Sands, uh, Avery Bradley. Well, what do you think of how they put this, this team together as far as the lack of defense that they've acquired?
4: I mean, it kind of makes you think about, you know, the rumors or whatever they were saying when they could have gotten, you know, uh, Buddy Hill and that deal would have done and they wouldn't have had to, had to give up as much. So, I mean, you know, I think when you're dealing with the NBA, man, everything is – that's hindsight and that's wood under the bridge. And, and what they're dealing with right now is they're hunkering, around, hunkering down and trying to figure their way forward with, with what they have.
1: Yeah, they're going to need to probably make a move at the trade deadline, though. Like, the number of players in their 30s, injuries, fatigue, defensive deficiencies, uh, it, it, it feels – it feels like a reach to picture them going all the way, but again, you and I are on the same page, Q. I've made a list of people that I just don't count out because it's happened to me too many times, and LeBron and Aaron Rodgers are at the top. If Aaron Rodgers is playing the Bears, like anything can happen, and if LeBron James is still I, in it, I
4: don't it, even like discussing Aaron Rodgers playing the Bears. I just I don't like it talking about it. Much.
1: It hurts too much. That brings We're me both that brings Chicago to people. another thing, another
4: <laughs> subject with the with the Lakers: the fact that, that Anthony Davis is a Green Bay Packers fan. I have a real Ooh. problem with that. Him being from Chicago. And he was he was mm-hmm. on the field with Green Bay stuff on. They played there last year. I think I was very disappointed to see that.
1: I completely agree. Almost as disappointed as most people are that he's more of a one B instead of a one A type player. Yikes. It's Quentin Richardson <laughs> He's from the Knuckleheads podcast, former NBA player as well. Um, you know, Adam Silver came out and said, essentially, we're not going to pause the season. The way that omicron is 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 happening, it's easily transmissible. A lot of people are going to get it, but the reaction has been mild, and we feel like if the world is going to be going through it, we're going to do the same. Uh, did you think it was it was wise of him to be honest? Do you understand if there's concern from players that testing will now be used more as sort of a control instead of um, as, as something that that is a tracker?
4: God, me personally, man, I always appreciate honesty before anything. Tell me the truth tonight, and you know I'll deal with that. But um, I think I mean if that's the, if that's the situation, and you know the league and the players agree on that, I mean I don't I don't have a problem with with it moving forward that way because like you know the the, the honest facts are that that's something that the you know we as the world are dealing with and you can't really get around it. So, I mean. The one thing I've always trusted with the NBA and, and, and the people that, that you know are at the top is that they're you know turning over every stone and trying to look at every option as best possible, you know, for us the players and the league as a whole. So I mean, I know they're 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 doing their just and their due you know diligence on that end of it.
2: The Ben Simmons situation. I want to touch on that a little bit and, and what's going on in Philly. Obviously, he's not playing. He's a guy that they're looking to deal. What are some places? That you think will be a good fit for him, and let's not forget that he and LeBron James do have somewhat of a relationship. And James had at one point considered going to Philly to, to team up with Ben.
4: Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a long shot of Ben getting to the Lakers this season. I mean, I don't they would they would probably have to give up the house, you know, everything, you know. I mean, I, obviously outside of LeBron and um and AD, but they would they would be. I know Philly would be asking him for everything, but, I mean, when you look at Ben Simmons, man, it's crazy to see he's not playing. You know, I, uh, he's one of the best players in the league for us, all-star and all those different things, so I wish he was out there on the court. And... um for I, I think it was just you know I think it was a, a, a mishandle of the situation on both both behalfs so, on you know Ben Simmons and his team as well as the the, the, the sixers because as much as Ben Simmons is in the, in the situation, the sixers have themselves in the situation where they have an all-star caliber player all NBA caliber player that's not playing and he's on their roster and he, you know they, they should have something either for that. By now, because they knew this coming into the season, so I, I just think both both of them handled it wrong. You know, they they should have got behind closed doors before they came publicly with both of the, you know, both of their positions, and they could have probably got it done if they were behind closed doors.
1: Hugh Rich is with us here on Spain and Fitz Sarah Spain Teron Davenport. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. He's on the Goodyear Hotline, also host of the Knuckleheads podcast. You talk to players a lot, and I wonder. The sort of pausing, starting and stopping, concerns about testing, uh, the shortened off season, all of that stuff, uh, does it feel like it, there's just um, a, a kind of group push, like we got to get it done somehow, or is it having an impact on these players, their mental health or otherwise, uh, t- to have all of these factors contributing to the season?
4: Um, right now, the guys you know that I've talked to and continue to talk to regularly, man, are uh, Guys have signed up for it. I mean, they know this is, this is part of it from their standpoint. You know, they're doing as, as best as they can, as best as possible, to you know, keep themselves safe and and control what they can control. But the reality is that sometimes it's going to happen, and they just, you know, dealing with it as it comes.
2: Just before we get you out of here, I want to just uh, take you back to some of your Christmas memories. And, uh, you know, as a New York Nick, well, what was your most fond memory playing on Christmas Day uh, there at the Garden?
4: Man, it was just uh, for me. I had I had never really played on Christmas until I got there. So for me, it was it was it was it was a, it was a cool thing that you know to be a part of playing on Christmas Day. You always you know I played in the league for five or six years prior to that, and uh, for me, it was something that it, did, it was really cool to be a part of that Christmas Day lineup. And you know, there's the you know the whole league shut down. They watching just those games and. um you know, you're on some primetime network, and it, it, for me, it was just cool. You know, everybody's at home. The family, all of my family around around the country is at home, and they're they going to get a chance to sit back and watch it. They don't have to, you know, back then we didn't have the league pass and all of that stuff where they could watch every single game. So it was a game I knew that all of my people were going to get a chance to see, and it was, it was a, you know, a cool day.
1: Yeah, for sure. Even if it is at a pretty overrated place in MSG. I mean, you know, it used to be something. It used to be something. I <laughs> uh, just, I don't know if it is anymore. Uh, Q, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Have a great holiday.
4: Okay, thanks for having me. Anytime.
1: Quinn Richardson, former NBAer, host of the Knuckleheads podcast. Teron, you're not a Knicks fan, are you?
2: I used to be. I used to be. Then, you know, the whole mellow situation happened. Right, and uh, right. I, I said, uh, you know, it's all over for that.
1: So you're a fan of wherever Mello's playing at any given time. That's your squad?
2: I am a fan of Mello. Wherever he goes, that's my guy.
1: Are you a Syracuse guy?
2: I didn't go to Syracuse, but I loved him playing at Syracuse okay. and he's just a guy that I've liked throughout that whole since he you know, I I liked him back when he was playing ball in Baltimore. I'm just I'm a right.
1: I'm a Mellow fan, your- man.
2: That's my dude. Yeah.
1: Just making sure we're not going to beef about MSG, um, which would be fine. I got some hot takes, and one of them might be, I guess. Some people might think that MSG used to be something, and now, and now it's a silly excuse to try to claim that free agents are going to pick Woo. your team based solely on a building that was never cool until after, well before they were born. Well, that's that's topic a fireball hot take right it's, there. The
2: garden <laughs> is the garden. That's the mecca. What are you talking about? The yeah, mecca. We,
1: listen. You can call it the Mecca all you want, but as we've established on the show and talked about last night as well, a Mecca is a place people want to go and check out the AMA Free Agents in recent years. <laughs> Ain't nobody want to go to the Mecca. I'll, listen, it I'll leave it to the GOATs. <laughs> Michael
2: Jordan, Kobe Bryant, they always love to play there. Steph, yeah, uh, Curry yeah, they too. I'd to you know. love
1: to go drop fifty-five there because <laughs> the team is trash that was in the building. Hey, easy now. We're brought easy. to you by Goodyear with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear, more driven. Jason Fitz's gonna stop by a couple minutes here in Spain and Fitz.
0: You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast.
1: Okay. A little smooth jam on his Christmas list. Mm, Boys to men do. laying it down for you you want to get frisky on Christmas, this is the song to get you right. Let hey, it snow, hey. boys to men. The latest song on Tehran's list of his top four Christmas songs of all time. Mine will be playing in the second hour. We'll give you the full list. I just posted it on Twitter, too, so you can be a part of Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Be in Spain and Fitz Nation by chiming in on who's got the better Christmas list. Jason Fitz is going to join us now in the Goodyear hotline to make his pick Not about the Christmas songs, that'll come in a minute, but also his picks for the weekend. Yeah, I know it's usually five-pick Friday, but uh, Fitz isn't going to be here tomorrow. It turns out I will. I thought this was my last show, but I have been informed that I'm actually hosting tomorrow. I think with Courtney, who can keep up? Either way, I'll be here. Uh, But this was supposed to be our last show together, so we're going to make our picks tonight. And Tehran's going to make some picks as well because, again, it's nice to see multiple people be better than Fitz at this instead of just me. Oh, uh, <laughs> let's, let's, start, the- let's start with you two. Uh, Fitz, go ahead and make your first pick of the week, and we'll do them pretty quick.
5: Okay, so this is our our five picks, and the rule is I always have to pick the Raiders game every week, and I made the declaration several weeks ago that if they lost to the Washington football team, I wouldn't pick them again for the rest of the year. i got (laughs) to stick to that. It's the one time I'll stick to my word, even though I I don't mind this matchup. I said I wouldn't, so I won't. Broncos will beat the Raiders on Sunday, and I will be very angry because that would eliminate them from playoff contention.
1: Oh, (sighs) yeah, angry Fitz and angry elf. Teron, what's your first pick? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: my first pick is is kind of – Kind of easy. Uh, I, I'll admit I, I picked a, a couple uh, softballs here, but I, I'm, going yeah, with, cool with that. I'm going with with I'm going the team that your team absolutely hates, and uh, I just want to dig a little deep with you, and we're going with the Green Bay Packers over the Browns at Lambeau Field. Uh, Bears owner Aaron Rodgers I think is wow. going to be too much for this, this wow. Browns defense, and Ouch. that's really what it boils down to, and the Packers awesome. are going to remain the top seed in, in the NFC.
1: I want to be mad about that, uh, and I can be about him being an owner because the Bears, unlike the Packers, don't let you just get a piece of paper that says you're an owner. We actually have an owner, and he's not one of them. But I am also making that <laughs> pick, and I think the Packers are going to win that game. Fitz, what's your second pick?
5: Okay, see, remember, Teron, I'm behind in the standings here, and we have a bet going Way for behind. how this works out. So I can't just pick the games I think Sarah's going to pick, and I figure she's going to pick the softballs. I need upset, so I had to go with tougher, weirder games to pick this week. I'm picking okay. the Patriots over the Bills mostly because I didn't think it would make her list and partially because the Bills can't run the stinking football. You can't run the football against the Patriots. We know Bill Belichick is going to figure out quickly how to minimize what Buffalo can do and all of the hope that Buffalo can somehow catch the Patriots when the East will die a savage death on Sunday. Patriots mm-hmm. win over Buffalo.
1: Ooh, okay. Interesting one. Without that weather, they, they might have been a little bit closer in that last game because Allen can really spray it. But, Teron, what's your next pick?
2: I'm going to go with the Bengals over the Ravens. And I, when you look at this this Ravens team, I mean, you talk about key players being on the reserve COVID list. You have Justin Houston, Pernell McPhee, Jimmy Smith. We don't know for sure if Lamar Jackson will play, although Tyler Snoop Huntley has done an excellent job filling in for him. I just can't go against the Bengals in that offense with Joe Burrow going to Jamar Chase. I think – this is going to be the opportunity for the Bengals to get a, a leg up on, on the AFC North Division, so give me Cincinnati.
1: All right, I like that pick. That's a good one. Um, I, uh, I'm i going to go ahead and pick a team that you're quite familiar with, Teron. You used to cover them in the Philadelphia Eagles, and while they haven't always been great, I think they're 5-2 and two in their last seven, and they're taking on a Giants team that does not have their starting quarterback, and even if they did Weren't good then. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Eagles over the Giants. That's
5: a good pick, Sarah. I'll I'll go again. Uh, Look, just because it's easy and TD just gave all the great explanation, I took the Bengals over the Ravens. Plus, again, I don't think Sarah picked that game. So I feel good (laughs) about it. TD already explained why. There we go. Bengals (laughs) over uh, Baltimore.
1: All right, your third pick, Teron.
5: My third pick. Now, this is another
2: softball here. I'm going with the Chargers over the Texans. I mean, Mm -hmm. you talk about disarray. That is the Texans' franchise in a nutshell. They've dealt away pretty much all of their, their good players. Um, the quarterback situation is a mess. I mean, about the only good thing that they have is Brandon Cooks. And you, you look on the flip side, this this Chargers team, man, Justin Herbert is doing the thing. He's emerged as an as excellent young quarterback. He has weapons to throw to in in Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. So you go to these guys on the outside against that Texan secondary yeah, give me the Chargers every day of the week.
1: Yeah, I also made that pick. I'm going to make it simpler, though. As much as the Chargers have been infuriatingly inconsistent at times, Texans are trash, man. They're they are not good. Uh, and <laughs> I feel bad for them. I feel bad. You know, you finally get your first head coaching opportunity. I think he's 65 getting mm. his first chance to be the head man. And he walks into that disaster. Um, but it uh, doesn't matter. My pity means nothing. Chargers get the win. All right, Fitz, number four.
5: All right, I'm going to go Chiefs over Steelers. Mm. Uh, This is mostly because the Steelers' offense is just one big pile of hot garbage and uh, (laughs) doesn't really belong on a football field. I don't care if they got the wins or not, and the Chiefs have figured it out. Uh, The turnovers will still haunt Kansas City, but all you got to do is score enough to beat a a Steelers' offense that can only put maybe even against this team. I'd be surprised to see the Steelers hit 20. You can't beat the Chiefs if you don't hit 20. Chiefs win this game.
1: I heard Han today suggest that the Steelers' offense was sort of like Weekend at Bernie's. They were just sort of propping up Ben Roethlisberger, and I really appreciate that analogy. Uh, Teron, what's your fourth pick?
2: Yo, you caught me by surprise with that. Well, I, I'll say this. Uh, uh, four years ago, I, I got to place my eyes on a certain football player, and I I, I fell in love uh, getting to watch him play in Mobile, Alabama at the senior ball, and the guy's name is Cooper Cup. And okay. this dude is on pace for one of the best seasons ever by a receiver, and he's just a delight to watch. So that being said, I am going with the Rams over the Vikings. I love what they do as far as finding ways to get him the ball in space and get take advantage of his yards after the catch. He's a route technician. But then on top of that, you got Debo himself, Aaron Donald on the other side, And you got the stingy defense of of Jalen Ramsey. Give me the Rams over the Vikings all day. And that Mm -hmm. Jalen Ramsey against Justin Jefferson matchup is going to be primetime TV. I can't wait to watch it.
1: I stay away from the Vikings games, even though I don't think they're very good. They just keep it too interesting, and the, the the blood pressure goes too high. And the Rams, speaking of, have really laid some eggs this year, so I stayed away from that one. My fourth pick is the Buccaneers over the Panthers. Mm. Um, I realized that the Bucks had an opportunity to clinch and, and to, to do their thing last week, and they, they couldn't, but Carolina— They don't know what they're doing, man. You know, they bring back Cam, and then they're not sure if they want to stick with them. It's just, it's an ugly situation all around. So I'm going Bucks, and I'm believing in Brady, which is not going out on too much of a limb. Fitz? Uh, By the way, it's Spain and Fitz. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, Tron Davenport filling in for Fitz. But Fitz is still here on the Goodyear hotline. It's all very strange, but just go with it.
5: Yeah, just just follow us. It's Christmas, all right. You know, I'm the yeah, Christmas elf over here weird, giving you all sorts of they? predictions <laughs> that you don't need. Uh, all right, so uh, I got again. I'm trying to pick these tough ones. So I figured I'd, I'd go for the battle of mediocrity. Uh, Dolphins are going to beat the Saints just because I want Tua versus Taysom just so we can watch it and remember that the quarterback position is impossible to figure out for most teams. And by the way, even though we want to give up on the Dolphins, they are 7-7 seven and seven after starting 1-7. and seven, And they've mm-hmm. done it sort of uniquely to me. The fact that the Dolphins have been able to win every single week in different fashion. Like, I want to look at it and say this is the one identity for them. I don't know that they've figured it out, but we do know is that two has played better, six straight wins. I think the Dolphins can get the win over the Saints and Taysom.
1: All right, your final pick, Teron.
2: My final pick is, is the Bucks over the Panthers, and it's an NFC South battle, but I, I think this is a, a good opportunity for Tom Brady to, to come off what he has uh, – ran into it as far as his kryptonite going against the saints. And this Panthers team is, is they have no chance with, against, against the Bucks. Even yeah. if, even if Mike Evans doesn't play, you know, they're going to be without Chris Godwin, but I still, I go with Brady connecting with, with Gronk and, and, and they're the going to be in B. good shape. Against be the back,
1: Bucks. Right. So that gives you that target. Who's, who's raring to go. It's Spain and Fitz air Spain, Jason Fitz. my final pick since I have to pick the bears every week is that they're going to lose to Seattle. Uh, I don't think Seattle's very good, but they're not as bad as the Bears, and there's really no reason to believe in the Bears right now. I hope they at least get some of their players back for this one. Uh, I was actually impressed by a couple guys who who really showed up, especially on the defense, after getting called up off the practice squad for that COVID game on Monday against the the Vikings, and they actually... Pretty much outplayed the Vikings. Should have won if their offense wasn't just an absolute disaster. But Russell Wilson will find a way to get it done in a way that Justin Fields just isn't ready to. So I'm going to go ahead and say the Bears lose. All right. Before we let you go, Fitz, you got to vote. You got to vote, and everyone at home, you got to vote at Sarah Spain, at Spain and Fitz. At is it just Teron Daven No, you got a different name. What's your Twitter handle?
2: It's at T Davenport underscore NFL.
1: At T Davenport underscore NFL, go there, vote on who has the best top four Christmas songs. It's again Tehran, Aaron Neville. Please come home for Christmas. Run DMC, Christmas and Hollis, Boys to Men, Let It Snow, The Temptations, Silent Night. My list: Darling, Love Christmas, Baby Please Come Home, Bing Crosby, I'll Be Home for Christmas, My Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas, and from Saturday Night Live, one of the greatest jams ever: Darling, Love Christmas Time for the Jews. Watch the sketch; it's miraculous fits. Who
5: wins? Look, this isn't even close. Uh, you know, I love both lists. I think both lists are missing some version of All Holy Night. You can pick it. Sarah, I'm not even sure you picked the best song off that Mariah Carey album. But I will say this. Your list as a whole, it wins. I mean, Woo! your list has a, a, some new, some old. It's got some funny. I will ask Teron, though, an important question. As a, as a you know, just a middle-aged white guy that, that constantly tries to give my version of Christmas and Hollis. I can speak for all middle-aged white guys. Why do we only know a portion of the course? Like, every person I know can do the, it's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens, Mom's cooking chicken and collard greens. None of us know the rest. Why, TD?
2: I, because that's the one that, that they, the part that they press the most. But I'm going to tell you this, I'm going to see you when you come here to Nashville, man. My list was better <laughs> and you know it was. Wow. You know it was.
1: Wow. We, oh, man. we all chose violence tonight. I did. Teron did. Uh, Fitz did by cheating on me with other slots again. Hey, Fitz, thanks for coming on the show. Look forward to uh, rehashing your bad picks next week.
5: Well, and, you know, feel free to, for anyone listening to tune into the morning show from 6 to 10 a.m. where I'll give you all sorts of bad takes also. That,
1: it's just, Perfect. <laughs> I'm just Fitz. here for the bad, Sarah. Tomorrow, Merry KJ and m, but without any of them and Fitz and some people. Listen to it. Hey, you can be a part of Spain and Fitz <laughs> Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Tweet us at Sarah Spain at T. Davenport underscore NFL at Spain and Fitz. ESPN Nations presented by Dr. Pepper. College football bowl season is here and fans are hyped. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. All right, we got some scorching hype. Hot Christmas takes coming up next, and we want yours as well. So hit us up on that Twitter feed with your hottest Christmas takes. Spain and fits next.
0: Spain and fits the podcast.
1: Tehran's list closing it out with another smooth groove.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Smooth with the G,
1: singing Silent Night. Got some deep, deep vocals coming up in this one. I like your list a lot. It's Thank just you. other than Christmas and Hollis. It's very smooth grooves. Like, I don't know what your Christmas traditions are, but they seem very sexy. Hey, it's man, like... you know, it,
2: it's, it's, uh, it's a get frisky music. I, I can't help it. I was going
1: to say, I don't know. Like, I'm throwing huge parties, and you're, uh, you're throwing parties at two, maybe three. I don't want to speak on your behalf, but <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> a lot of smooth grooves over here. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Teron Davenport on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save in as little as three minutes at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE-AND-PROGRESSIVE.COM. So right before the show started, Matt Berry, one of our ESPN Sports Center anchors, Posted a, a what most would consider a pretty hot Christmas take. And I completely agreed with it. He said, good afternoon. A Christmas story is overrated, not funny, and not good. A lot of people hating on that. I, saw, I followed it up with a cosign. The only people who like it are feeling the nostalgia of watching it with their family and their youth. Those of us who didn't watch it till later in life know what's up. Skip it. So Teron think it's a hot taker. you agree with me that a Christmas story is just not that good.
2: Like my man in Coming to America, sitting in the barbershop, the chair, he said, he ain't lying. No, I, I'm with him. I, I think it is overrated. <laughs> Even though yeah. I went to a Browns game, I covered a Browns game and got to visit the the house there where it was filmed. Yeah. I Yeah, it's it's uh, one of those movies that has, has seen its day. Anybody, you know, younger, they, they don't fool with it. So I consider myself younger and... I don't watch it.
1: Yeah. Um, that is like a, a major cultural phenomenon in Cleveland. It's one of their most, I mean, first of all, if you're in Cleveland, you have to go look at both of their buildings. And then you have to go see the statue of Gro- <laughs> Grover Cleveland. And you got to see the river on fire. And then you got to see that, the house from that movie. That's it, I think. And then you leave. Is that is that right? Did I get it all?
2: I, you pretty much, yeah, you nailed it.
1: Man, I really did choose violence tonight. It's like mm. I it's like I wanna be celebrating the holidays instead of working. So I'm just taking out cities, buildings, movies, whatever's in my way, really. I don't think that's a hot take though. It's at least Even not your as hot as the river when it's on fire. Uh Teron Davenport with me here, Sarah Spain. We're trying to list a bunch of great Christmas movies. And I'm gonna agree with most of the ones that, that our producer is putting together here. Home Alone, I don't know how you don't like that. National Lampoon Christmas Vacation, legendary. Watch it every year. Uh, It's a Wonderful Life is good, but I don't need to watch it every year. Polar Express, I've never seen. Uh, The Santa Claus is fine. For me, the go-tos that I have to watch every year, The Holiday, Christmas Vacation, Home Alone, Elf, and The Night Before. What are your go-tos, Teron, that you got to watch?
2: My go-tos? I don't really have any go-to movies. I do like Trading Places. Home Alone is a favorite also. So I, I would say those, but most of the time I just like to. I, actually, honestly, I'm stuck wrapping wrapping presents um, Christmas Eve, so I don't really get to, you know, Christmas Day is sleeping. I, I got to focus. On? I got to dial in and, and make sure that it's tightly wrapped.
1: Okay, uh, are you done now, or you you got all that waiting for you?
2: <clears throat> Today's the 22nd. I said so- most of the time on Christmas Eve <laughs> I'm stuck wrapping, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, some people already coming through with some really terrible hot takes. Yeah, actually, uh, they pointed out, are you listening to that sexy Santa music while you're rapping, and are you rapping alone, and are you clothed?
2: Uh, Yeah, I am clothed. I am listening to the music while I'm rapping, though, and and I just put on just R&B Christmas songs, and, and those are my favorites that play, so yeah.
1: Do we have a cocktail of some sort? Are you into the eggnog? Are we going more like of a like a bourbon, a deep cabernet? What do you got by your side?
2: Oh man, you know I'm not really an eggnog guy. You know I like rum and coke, cuba libre as they say. So that that's okay. most of the time what what I'm sipping on.
1: Okay, I have a new cocktail that I just had the other day, and I I messaged the place for the recipe because it was so good. It was like sort of like a Bailey's rum chata with a mm. gingerbread simple syrup, some chilled white chocolate, hot chocolate um, and a little bit of cinnamon sugar. Basically just dessert. It, it did have a gingerbread man floating in it, so I think it was just dessert, but it was... Alco- oh, I forgot vodka. It had vodka in it. It man. was alcoholic and it was delicious. And that's that's the plan for me this Christmas season. Whip up a couple of those. Um, I also... Have you ever heard of GIF wrap my face?
2: <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, they're not a sponsor, but they should be after this. I'm about to plug them. Uh, you can get custom wrapping paper made with faces of friends or dogs or family members. Wow. So every year I've been mixing it up and getting different wrapping paper with either my dogs. I got this year I got my niece and nephews, um, and they look like elves and stuff. And so when they get their presents, their faces are on the presents they get. Uh, it's big hit for the youngins. Big hit. Well,
2: I guess if you do that, you don't even have to label it, right? You know whose present is whose.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. You, nice. If your face is on it, it's yours. It makes it a lot <laughs> easier when you're passing out things in the pile. Uh, the Grinch Jim Carrey version is great, but I can't believe you said Jim Carrey version only. Uh, excuse me. The original with Boris Karloff's voice is a classic, and I think you're just too young to appreciate nice things. Uh, that's that's how I feel about that. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Tron Davenport in for Fitz tonight on ESPN Radio um, at Billy Felon. Hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed to be a part of Spain and Fitz Nation with a truly hot Christmas take. He said gingerbread no. is overrated, and that no, makes me man. incredibly angry because gingerbread is up there with the greatest cookies of all time.
2: No, I dipped the gingerbread in my hot tea with my pinky up, of course.
1: Right? Yeah. I mean, that is a that is a terrible take. Almost as terrible as at Trip 07. Christmas vacation is terrible. It has some moments, I guess, greeting the family as they arrive. Clark Christmas shopping. But the humor is all over the place. and has very little with which I identify. Who among us doesn't have an uncle who comes over in an RV where the bleeper is full and his dog (laughs) chases a squirrel into the tree and his wife cooks a turkey that's deflated. I mean, and then he kidnaps our boss. What do you mean you didn't have anything to identify with? That's a classic American tale. All of those things are very realistic, right, Jerron?
2: Yeah, they are very realistic, sarcastically saying. But one thing that I'm surprised about, Die Hard... Has not yeah. been mentioned. And my hot yeah. Christmas take is that it's not a Christmas movie.
1: It is a Christmas movie. Wow. No. All right, we'll see if we can get into what? that hot take in just a little But Adam Rittenberg gets us squared away on some of the new college football protocols. Next.
0: Spain and Fitz, the podcast.
1: Uh, the first of my list of top four Christmas tunes. I will listen to Darlene Love sing pretty much anything. And this is the jam right here. This is the jam. Sarah Spain, Teron Davenport, in for Fitz on Spain and Fitz tonight. ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline, including our next guest, ESPN College Football senior writer Adam Rittenberg, joining to talk about the policies announced in college football today that essentially say if you can't field the team, forfeit you're out and we might have a college football playoff decided by availability. Adam, were you surprised by the announcement and the specifics that came out today?
6: No, I wasn't there. I think you have to be prepared given what's going on with the trajectory of, of the virus and the numbers that are going up. And, you know, these, these dates for the playoff are, are somewhat rigid. I know they, they mentioned the fact that the national championship game could be moved back uh, four days, but, you know the playoffs are, are tied to the bowls, at least the semifinals, and those are those are locked in. Uh, especially you know those that are on New Year's Day this year, they're obviously on New Year's Eve. So um, yeah, they have to have a plan, and and they put it out today. And it's certainly something that none of us hope actually happens. But you have to have something in place going in in, in case there uh, there is a significant outbreak like the one at Texas A and M that forced them to pull out of their bowl, bowl game. And we haven't heard that any of those four teams are in. Uh, you know imminent danger with their numbers but um, yeah you have to have a plan in in case it does happen
2: looking at the actual games that are hopefully going to be played Cincinnati right this this is a school that has a lot of talent NFL level talent do you think it's kind of underrated just how much of a chance they do have to actually make some noise in this playoffs?
6: Yeah, Toronto. It just it, it feels like in the past Alabama's gone against these teams that we try to build up and say they have a chance. And, and and Cincinnati, like you said, is a talented team. They they deserve to be in this playoff. They have several NFL players, including both of their cornerbacks, who are who are All America guys. You know. Uh, uh, um, uh, Sauce Gardner will be likely a first round pick, and Alabama hasn't necessarily faced a cornerback tandem like this. But in the playoff, it's it's just been shown that that Alabama makes these type of teams look really bad. Whether it's Notre Dame, whether it's Michigan State, the, the one year that MSU made it. Um, it, it's usually not close, and so Cincinnati's going to have to uh, find ways to make Bryce Young uncomfortable. They're going to have to control the tempo of this game. They're likely going to have to collect a few turnovers and have an advantage in, in that tally to, to stand a chance with a team that is very comfortable, obviously, on these playoff stages and you know, typically wins these games handily.
1: Spain and Fitz, Adam Rittenberg with the CSPN College Football Senior Writer here on the Goodyear Hotline. Sarah Spain, Teron Davenport in for Fitz tonight. You know, we were talking about, you know, the COVID announcement, and, and if I were a coach or a player, I was saying earlier, this is so important to me. I would just sit in a room and stare at the wall until the game happened. I would leave only when required. I would talk to no one. I wouldn't see my family. There is no Christmas present better than a title game. Is there any indication from these four teams of differences in how they 're handling it, or the expectations they have for players and staff
6: yeah i, I don 't think there'll be some slight differences, but I think because all four are obviously in the playoff and, and there's so much on the line they 're going to try to do everything to keep players uh, separated from anybody that could infect them um, unfortunately it's it 's already happening uh, what they what they do want to prevent is 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 some type of massive outbreak I mean obviously Alabama announced today. That offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien and offensive, offensive line coach Doug Marone both have uh, COVID 19, but they're isolated from the team, and and it's likely they, it's likely they won't be the last that 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 uh, that have have the virus on that team or really on any of the four. But the key is to prevent you know a, a massive outbreak, and and we're, a bunch of players are in in in, uh, in extended quarantine. So yeah, you're you're going to see some bubbles that are essentially created from now leading up to those games, and then for the two teams that win. All the way up to the national championship game.
2: When you look at how things have started to shift with with this NIL being passed, do, do you feel like what's the impact you feel that has on the recruiting and just the the way talent will possibly be spread out a little more across the nation?
6: Yeah, I see. My concern, Toronto, is that it won't. Is that it, you know the, the teams that are best equipped to offer the, the the most attractive NIL situations are the best teams, are the richest teams. The programs that are always going to be in the mix for the college football playoff. I know there was a lot made of, of the recruit who went to Jackson State with Deion mm-hmm. Sanders, but you know that that's more of the exception here. Um, I think Alabama and and uh, you know certainly Ohio State, and, and you know we'll see what USC does. I think USC has tremendous. NIL opportunities that they maybe haven't maximized just yet. I talked with Notre Dame coach Marcus Freeman today about what, what Notre Dame is going to try to do in terms of enhancing its appeal for for NIL. So I, I think the the hope is that maybe you'll you'll have talent that's spread out a little bit more. But uh, you know even with the transfer portal, you're seeing a lot of the the top transfers end up at the top programs and it's understandable but it's uh, it's a, just an unfortunate part of the sport that that uh, it's not like the NFL where you have drafting and and some level of uh, of an equal footing it's just this is how college football is and it just increases the challenge for for the uh, teams that aren't in those positions and it's why we really have to appreciate a team like Cincinnati and what they were able to do this season
1: Adam Rittenberg, ESPN College Football Senior Writer, with us here on Spain and Fitz. Tron Davenport in for Fitz with me, Sarah Spain on ESPN Radio. Have you heard anyone uh, speak out against this policy? Have you heard any of the coaches or players who have been critical of the decision making by by the College Football Playoff?
6: I, I, I haven't. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure if if a team is in a, a position where a forfeit is possible, you, you might hear. Uh, more, you know, public outcry about it. But, um, you know, again, everything that we hear at this point is that nobody is in significant danger of of having to forfeit. I mean, Texas A&M, the team that had to pull out of the Gator Bowl, you know, there there, there was rumors, you know, two, three, four days ago about a massive outbreak on their team. And and there's also other factors that that are going on there uh, with opt-outs and some of the issues that, that the playoff teams are not dealing with. I mean, one thing that for the most part playoff teams don't have to worry about are our, our players opting out because this is a championship situation and everybody who's healthy enough to play, even if they are projected as a first round draft pick, they are going to play. And so uh, I think the the numbers still favor these teams, but you know, the question is, can, can, are they going to be able to make it uh, another, another eight, nine days to that, uh, to that first game on the 31st.
2: As you look at the teams that didn't finish in the, top four. Are there teams that you could think of that maybe have an argument or a case to, to finish in there and, and just make this process be extended, like make it valid to, to push it to eight teams, to six teams, or what have you?
6: Well, I think it would be fun to see some of the teams that didn't make it be part of a playoff. Now, could they win a national title? You know, history would say no. You, know, you just go back, you know, college football playoff uh, since it started. I, I can really only think of well, one or two teams that didn't make the field of four that I, I think would have had a chance to win a national championship. I think the TCU team in 2014, that, that finished just outside, as well as the Ohio State team in 2015. Other than that, there really aren't too many examples. Now, it would be certainly you know, interesting to see what Baylor could do, having won the Big 12 championship and, uh, and playing the way they did down the stretch, or, or Notre Dame, which just has the one loss to Cincinnati, but would I pick either of those teams to win a national championship over Alabama or Georgia or Michigan? Probably not.
1: Awesome stuff, Adam. Thanks for the insight. Uh, you got any predictions? Are you allowed to give predictions on these games, assuming most of the team shows up? Yeah,
6: so I actually made bold predictions there the day that the matchups came out, not knowing any opt-outs or coaching changes and I'm doing horrible. I'm not even thinking against the spread this year on my <laughs> vote prediction. So I'll give you my play. I have Michigan winning, and I have – Alabama winning and then Alabama beating Michigan so that 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 probably means Georgia and and Cincinnati are going to make the championship yeah I'm
1: concerned I'm a I'm I'm an adopted Michigan fan as of a couple years ago when I did my college football bachelorette and whittled down all the teams and ended up being somehow a Michigan lady uh so I'm a little worried that you just jinxed my squad uh but I guess we'll find out uh it probably will depend a whole lot on who's available for each team that kind of feels like the theme around all sports right now Adam thanks for the insight have a great holiday
6: Okay, happy holidays. Thanks for having me on, guys.
1: Adam Rittenberg with us here on Spain and Fitz. Sarah Spain, Teron Davenport, in for Fitz tonight on ESPN Radio. Coming up, we're going to get right into Teron's wheelhouse, the NFL, as we look into the ever-changing playoff landscape. Who's he got? Wild cards and contenders. It's next.
0: Spain and Fitz, the podcast.
1: Listen, I may be what I still consider to be a youngin, which according to Time and my face is no longer true, but in my mind I am, and I still believe you can't have a good list of Christmas tunes without Bing Crosby on it. He's the GOAT. He's the OG. His voice is like a warm cup of hot cocoa, and that jam is a great Christmas jam. It's part of my top four Christmas songs at Sarah Spain, at Spain and Fitz, at T Davenport underscore NFL is where you can vote on whose list is better. We'll let you know at the end of the show. Who chose wisely? Teron Davenport is in for Fitz tonight here on Spain and Fitz, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Pet protection comes free with auto collision coverage. Visit Progressive.com. All right, Teron, you are knee deep in NFL all season long covering the Titans, and they are one of many teams still in the hunt. I mean, the, the, the Giants are 4-10. and ten. There are only three weeks left, and technically they're still alive in the NFC playoff race. If they, uh, if they do just this, this is all they need to do to get the seventh seed. Uh, they have to win their last three games. The Eagles have to lose their last two. Washington has to lose to Dallas. The Saints have to lose out. The Falcons have to lose their next two. The Vikings have to lose out. The Panthers have to lose at least one of their two games versus Tampa Bay. The Seahawks have to lose at least one of their last three games. And if you put it all together, the Giants have an approximately 1 in 75,000 chance of reaching the playoffs. Totally could happen. And my best friend's sister's boyfriend saw Ferris pass out at 31 Flavors. Uh, Did you get that reference, Teron, or are we coming from two different worlds here? Is Teron there? Uh, Sarah, it appears like Teron is not not there. (laughs) Apparently, he got so flustered by the odds of the Giants reaching the playoffs, despite them being 1 in 75,000. He says he can't hear me, so maybe flip a switch over there. Is that... Is that what's happening? Uh, I'm going to blame it on you guys. Uh, a good cross person never blames the tools, but I'm going to blame you guys anyway. Ha <laughs> ha, zing. All right, let's 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 get into actual playoff picture. I realize the Giants are technically in it, and somehow the Bears are not, which is deeply depressing. But uh, this is probably the deepest into a season that there have been this many potential playoff contenders i I, want to say we're still somewhere around 26 or so um and and part of the problem is in the last couple weeks some of the teams that were my go-to contenders some of the few that i believed could get all the way um have had some pretty ugly losses or at least some losses where they had the opportunity to really assert themselves down the stretch that includes three of my five contenders losing last week um off the top of my head the patriots the bucks and the Cardinals are, are all teams that suffered an L, while the Packers is another contender of mine, and the Chiefs both won. Um, I don't know if Tehran is back. Give me a holler whenever you are, Tehran, if uh, the, the technology comes back. But um, to me, it's been a, a gradual whittling down from the beginning of the season of maybe eight teams that at one point I think we would have said we're not super surprised if they won the Super Bowl. And now there are teams that really started off strong that I just, I, I'm not convinced. And one of them is the Cowboys, which I've gotten a lot of hate for. People not believing that the Cowboys... Um have, have struggled enough to be out of the running. I I think that defense is spectacular. I have some real concerns about the offense that was supposed to be explosive. Just showing me the stars and telling me the expectations doesn't mean that they're actually showing up. And maybe that bet that Dak made with his defense on who who would have, you know, more takeaways or more touchdowns over the last couple of games, maybe that's just the the fire that they need lit under them, but that's been a remarkable turnaround. Uh, for that defense, and the offense just hasn't kept up. Imagine what a spectacular team that would be if both of them were firing. So the Cowboys are a team that I wouldn't be shocked if they figured it out, but they are not in my top tier of contenders. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, uh, trying to get Tehran back here uh, so he can give his take on this. Um, We also... uh, Uh, talked about the Bills a ton early in the season. I think I actually put a futures bet on the Bills to win it all as one of the three teams that I thought I wouldn't be surprised by. And... Uh, That lack of balance, which is something that Fitz pointed to earlier in the show, um, is really really worrisome, particularly against teams that will have the opportunity to really scheme for you heading into a postseason game. Josh Allen can light it up, and if he is on fire, he can carry that team pretty far, and the defense has has those moments. But not being able to establish the run and at least let the other team believe that you might use the run— is just a killer in a postseason game. Uh, so the Bills are one of those quiet, kind of like the Titans, actually, the team that Tehran covers. Uh, when they're good, they're really good. And I would not want to see them in the postseason. But when they're bad, like they were this past weekend, some of those offensive um, efforts, uh, particularly the sloppiness from Tannehill, really have you wondering if they could be a one and done postseason team. I think the second half at one point for the Titans was, you know, punt, fumble, fumble. Interception, punt, turned it over on downs, and you know you have a stretch like that. It really makes it tough to believe in a Titans team, even if they do get back Derrick Henry, which is still very much up in the air. But his timeline is pretty good to return early. Um, again, wouldn't want to see them doesn't mean that they are doesn't mean that they are out of it actually tron i was just talking about your titans um that game last week it just they gave it away they should have won the 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 slipperiness of the ball the 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 sloppiness of Tannehill. was that a one-off for you or did it make you see the team differently
2: no you know that's honestly been the issue that they've had over the last three games that they've lost in fact they, their last four games total, they're one and three. In those three losses, they've turned the football over 13 times. So that tells you right there, uh, five turnovers against the, the Texans and then uh, four against the Patriots, four against the Steelers. And really, that game was a tale of two halves. So those turnovers in, in, in the third uh, quarter and fourth quarter in the second half, that really is what cost them the game. It led to, uh, what, 12 unanswered points and you know, next thing you know, that the Steelers have life and they they won the football game that they shouldn't have because if we look at the statistics, you know, they held Pittsburgh to under 200 yards total and they still lost the game.
1: Tron, who are the teams? So I, I've said that my contenders, and the Cardinals are making this real hard for me. I don't know mm-hmm. if I've still got them in there, but my real contenders um, that, you know, absolutely have a real shot to win it all are the Patriots, the Bucks, the Chiefs, the Packers, and the Cardinals. Is there someone you would put in that list or take out?
2: Patriots, Bucks, Chiefs. Uh, I, I think it, you do have to put the Titans in there just from the perspective of them getting some guys back, right? And and Derrick Henry will more than likely be back for the playoffs. A.J. Brown is probably going to play tomorrow. Um, Julio Jones, some facet of him will, will be there. Uh, at some point, if not tomorrow, so I, I think the Titans have to be in there uh, as, as far as um, teams, you know, that that are contenders, in my opinion.
1: Tron Davenport is in for fits. He covers the Titans for ESPN NFL Nation. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Guest joined us on the Goodyear Hotline. Uh, let's talk about the AFC. Who do you think is going to emerge? I mean, the Chiefs are obviously starting to figure things out. The Patriots, 9-5, and five, um, you know, a, a little bit of a struggle, but still a team that if, if they don't make mistakes, they're going to probably win. Uh, who else you got in the AFC?
2: So you look at the division. Uh, I think the Bengals are going to uh, win the, the AFC North. I think as far as teams that will emerge for the top seed, it's the Chiefs because they're starting to get things together defensively and the offense is really playing. Now you look at Tyreek Hill and, and you look at Travis Kelsey with Pat Mahomes throwing – I mean, that's that's a lot to deal with. And if they can get that home field advantage, I, I know personally, mate, Arrowhead Stadium it can get really, really loud. And in December, it's very cold. I'm talking about cold to the point where iPhones stop working. So I, I don't yeah. care who you are, you, you don't want to play in that. And I, I think they will make a push towards that top seed. But there are some teams that I think are built to, to go in there and win, and we could get into that. Uh, and and one of the teams is actually a team that I don't think is going to win their division, but they're going to be a very powerful wild card.
1: All right, give it to us. Well, don't make the people wait.
2: Hey, well, you know, I was just trying to tease it up a little bit. <laughs> but I tell you, that team is, is the Indianapolis Colts. And mm. you, you know what, when you look at what they bring to the table – Jonathan Taylor, that's 225 pounds of muscle. That could, that could right. get up to four four three forty 40 speed, and this dude is a home run hitter, and he's taking this game to another level. When you have that offensive line in front of them, now you're talking about the type of football the defenses don't want to see. They have what yeah. I call a, a pack-and-play team because they could run the football like that, but then you turn around and you look at what they do defensively, they're solid on all three levels, and especially right down the middle of that defense. Nobody wants yeah, to see. Yeah, a lot of him.
1: people believing in the Colts absolutely right now, especially after a weird start. It's kind of surprising. You get to find out who won our Christmas music battle and your Christmas hottest takes next.
0: Spain and Fitz, the podcast.
1: Darlene, love, give it to us. This is not one of my favorite Christmas songs in an uh, ironic way or a parody. It is a great jam. So shout out to Robert Smigel and the other SNL writers. Shout out to Darlene Love for crushing the vocals. Watch the sketch if you haven't. It's from Saturday Night Live. It is hilarious. Uh, all of the references are on point, And it's a jam. The song is good. Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Tron Davenport. Are you rethinking your Christmas list because you don't have any Darlene Love on there?
2: No, nah, I'm good. My list is really? complete. I My list know, man. is complete.
1: Listen, if you gave me a Darlene Love versus Aaron Neville, he's got a nice voice, but I'm going Darlene every time. A reminder, at Sarah Spain, at T Davenport underscore NFL, at Spain and Fitz, that's where you vote on who's got the best Christmas list. Get your votes in for the best songs before we pay it off in just a minute here. And don't forget to tune in to That's What She Said's podcast, hosted by yours truly and fueled by Gatorade. We appreciate their continued support of women sports journalists and athletes here at ESPN and everywhere. Whatever path you take to greatness, Gatorade's proven formula is there to fuel it. Greatness starts with G. This week's episode, the Festivus Podcasts. There are uh, people from all over the sports world and friends of the pod giving rants about sports things, including bleachers, Madison Square Garden, and lengthy replay reviews. Also, I read my annual Christmas poem which, by the way, is coming up in the next segment, so stick around for that. We asked you for your hottest Christmas takes, and honestly, I cannot keep up. Tehran, there are too many takes, and they are too hot. Here are a couple of them. At Southern Coles, hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed to be part of Spain and Fitz Nation, said, it's a wonderful life, and Christmas story are both awful. Gingerbread and sugar cookies are, too. Christmas music should start on October 1st. Yikes. Yikes.
2: Get, get him out of here. Put him on a rock and send him to the moon. I don't <laughs> agree with any of that stuff.
1: That's Fitz's take, by the way, because he thinks oh. that Thanksgiving is halftime of Christmas. There's football and a bunch of food. So you start Christmas October 1st. You enjoy it all of October and November. And then Thanksgiving is halftime. And then you finish it out Thanksgiving uh, in December. It's, a, it's aggressive. It's a very aggressive strategy. Uh, at Dan DanWitt25, the only good thing about Elf is that it's only like 80 minutes long. That's blasphemy, Teron. How do you not like Elf?
2: That movie's hilarious. The snowball fight, that's the funniest scene.
1: Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? It's joyful. (laughs) It's delightful. I don't know how you can not like it. At curmudge underscore John. This isn't hot. This is accurate. Tender and mild is a way to order wings, not a description of an infant.
2: (laughs) I'm speechless.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's accurate. I don't want anyone's kid to be described as tender and mild. It does sound like you want to eat it. Uh, At Poet Gambler, also, this is not hot. This is absolutely correct. Advent calendars are the best part of Christmas and should be available year-round. Listen, Teron, if you're going to tell me I could have a little box full of Godiva chocolates and every day I opened a window and there was a new one waiting for me, hell yeah, I want to do that every month.
2: I would, too. I would definitely like to do that every month, too, so I'm going to agree with you on that one.
1: Should we start a business where we make Advent calendars for all the other months?
2: Hey.
1: I'm with it if you are. Let's shark tank that for sure. (laughs) I think we could do it. We'll be quadzillionaires uh, by doing that. Uh, At Thunder 1264, Joe Pesci should have offed that kid in Home Alone Goodfella style. (laughs) I can't take out Kevin. And finally, (laughs) at Isabel S. Clark, real trees are overrated. Fake trees, all the shape, none of the cleanup, especially a pre-lit John. All right, so you're from... You're from Pennsylvania with that John stuff, and that yeah. man, I like a real tree. It smells good. No, it's it holds the ornaments better. It's it's worth it. You got thirty seconds to disagree with me.
2: Quick story. My I was my, my wife had wanted me to buy a real tree. I refused to do it. She talked me into doing it. I bought it. We took it home. Guess what? I ended up seeing two days later after we had it in the house, little baby praying mantis. I had uh, an exterminator come. He refused to do it because it's against the law to kill them in Pennsylvania. I ended up doing it myself. Ever since then, no. Were there many praying
1: mantis or just one?
2: many. So yeah, okay. praying I was mantis say, it's like, plural. Why
1: would, you, why would you need to kill it? You could just put it in something and then take it outside but it was mm. many praying mantis? Listen, they, we they don't, want, we don't want creatures in our tree but that's very rare and it's worth the chance in my opinion. Praying Mm-mm. mantis seems fine. They seem nice. They seem harmless. Uh, they just want to welcome you to the Christmas spirit. Tune into the ESPN Daily podcast bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe and review ESPN Daily. Available wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Speaking of the Christmas spirit it's a Christmas tradition like no other. Gathered by the fire. It's poem time coming up next.
0: Spain and Fitz, the podcast.
1: Uh, the voting is in, by the way. Uh, you guys, uh, you had very strong opinions about this, and I have won. 52.4% of the people said my list of Christmas songs is better than Tehran's. To be fair, I did post it on my Twitter account, so it might, it might be a little biased in terms of I knew who was doing Fitz. the voting there. Uh, the Tehran Davenport in. is in for Fitz. Fitz is in, the fix is in, on Spain and Fitz here on ESPN Radio, and uh, it is not my final show before Christmas, but this did drop today, so we're going to go ahead and do the annual reading of my Twas the Night Before Christmas poem right now. Settle in, folks. It takes a while. It took me a while. Please enjoy. T'was the night before Christmas 2021, all gifts were all wrapped and the carols all sung. All that remained was to put down in rhyme a year that was equal parts tough and sublime. We got back into stadiums thanks to vaccines, got on planes, went to concerts, squeezed back into our jeans. We still masked up and tested, ensured our compliance, but things felt more normal. Thank you, science. Pre-vax was all sourdough, puzzles and zooms, Tiger King, verses and folks raiding rooms, scrolling pics on the gram in lieu of vacation. Burnout, depression, the great resignation. But the shot got us thinking we might be okay. Our good times not canceled, just really delayed. And just like in life, things in sports might be strange. We'd have to adjust and be okay with change. A sure lockout in baseball, Coach K to retire. These new NIL deals, college athletes for hire. Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC, Lionel Messi to PSG. Staples is suddenly crypto.com. And what the hell's Chuggy? I feel like my mom. But I've gotten ahead of the story, I fear. Let's start at the top. The first of the year, the CFP semis. Bama beat Notre Dame and what was the Rose Bowl, but only by name. Callie's COVID restrictions engendered some friction and eventually led to a Rose Bowl eviction. To Texas, Arlington, to be specific, Bama's number one offense proved quite prolific. The Sugar Bowl next, Dabo taking on day. The Buckeyes prevailed. Justin Fields led the way. So the Natty would be OSU in the Tide, a future first-rounder would QB each side. Devonte and Mack would combine for a ring, seven titles for Saban, undisputed king. In the pros this year, 14 teams made the postseason, yet somehow the Patriots still couldn't squeeze in. The Browns and the Bucks ended postseason droughts while the 8-8 Bears should have sat this one out. They lost to the Saints, got majorly slimed. Trubisky's MVP, the first of its kind. Brady and the Bucks beat Dan Snyder's guys, the Ravens, the cause of the Titans' demise. Bills took a lead and held Indy off. Rams beat Seattle with a hobbled Goff. Steelers lost to the Browns, who had no head coach. Four picks for Big Ben. The end doth approach. In the next round, the Rams came up short in Green Bay. Bills beat the Ravens. Their D led the way. Goodbye to Drew Brees, who threw too many ducks in his very last game. The Saints lost to the Bucks. The Chiefs beat the Browns somehow, some way. Anything is possible. We learned that day. In a week, it was Buffalo season. They ended. Casey's reign as AFC's best was extended. The Bucks beat the Pack despite three Brady picks. Their D down the stretch handled A. Aaron's tricks. A field goal. The Packers fans must have been sick. Guy on Jeopardy later. Who wanted to kick? The Super Bowl set, the Chiefs were the faves, Mahomes can't be stopped, all the media raved. Let's not dwell on the KCO line that's in tatters, and COVID means home field advantage won't matter. But that small little crowd, mostly doctors and nurses, could probably hear all of Pat Mahomes' curses. The offense was stunted. Protection, a laugh looked as lost as the weekend, performing at half. So the Bucks got the win, the first winners at home. Like the Grinch's heart, so grew Tom Brady's big dome. More records, more rings, there's no doubt he's the GOAT. Got so drunk, threw the trophy from a boat. But the best of the bowl was the staff in the bay. Black, white, female, and male. Young, old, straight, and gay. You might find that last line a bit trite or frustrating, but they proved it's a formula worth imitating. Speaking of that, remember March Madness? Sedona Prince TikToks inspired great sadness. The weight room, the meals, the swag bags, and more. Inequality far too pronounced to ignore. NCAA tried, but excuses were lame. Decades of misogyny had held back the game. Investment, respect, give these women their due. And for Pete's sake, let them use the phrase March Madness, too. On the court, ball was good, like it always is. Paige Becker's a star at hoops and in biz. But Zona the team that advanced when they met. Airy McDonald, certified triple threat. Stanford, the killer of the Gamecocks run. For Dawn Staley, a second semi, beat by just one. It was Wildcats Cardinal to see which was greater. Stanford won. Tara tops again, all these years later. March Madness for men was a dizzying show. Upset here, upset there. Look at Oral Roberts go. For the Zags versus the Bruins, Jalen Suggs was the hero, hit the game-winning shot as the clock hit zero. Other semis saw Baylor beat Houston with ease, shot the lights out all night, drained 11 threes. In the final, it Baylor that proved to be stronger. Bears won, Gonzaga unbeaten no longer. At the Masters history, the first Asian-born winner, Matsuyama said sushi next year for champ's dinner. At the PGA Mickelson rep for old folks, oldest ever major winner beat the field by two strokes. On the women's side, Jin Young Ko won five times, but all eyes were on Nelly Korda's meteoric climb. Number one in the world and gold at the games, all of a sudden, one of golf's biggest names. Ten players from Bama would go in the draft, like quarterback Jones to the Pats and R. craft. Lawrence went one, then Wilson and Lance. When the Bears got Jay Fields, I near peed my pants. In softball, the Sooners and Knowles hit the field. Giselle Ware is a big OU victory, she sealed. The longest World Series by days and by games, after outcry from many an approved format change. At the French, no Osaka. Withdrew from the tourney. Wanted to focus on her mental health journey. Novak and Barty were Wimbledon's best. Layla, v. Emma in a U.S. Open Quest. Realignments and rule changes. Hockey was weird. But when playoffs arrives, the buzz reappeared. Montreal in the finals after decades of tears. But the Lightning too good. Champs in back to back years. In the NBA, Jokic was league MVP, and the Brooklyn Nets boasted the new big three. Knicks back in the playoffs. Grizz and Hawks made the trip. After 28 years, Suns were back in the ship. CP3 versus Giannis in the seven-game series. Giannis was open to all postgame queries. Talked ego, the present, the past, and humility. How your mindset predicts your in-game ability. That focus and attitude served him quite well. When they got down 0-2, he answered the bell. Four straight wins for the Bucks and the title to claim. 50-burger for Giannis in the ring-clinching game. Then came the Olympics, a last-minute call. For a while, didn't know if there'd be games at all. But they pressed on and played, despite protests aplenty. And the whole time, the logos still said 2020. McLaughlin was epic. The A-team, insane. Lamont, the Italian? Yeah, that was his name. Skateboarding, three times three. Surfing debuted. Allison Felix, more medals accrued. 3 a.m. soccer through coffee and yawns. U.S. took home rose gold aka bronze. Ledecki still goat and Dressel was great. Women's hoops won again. Yeah, that's seven straight. The twisties hit Biles and upset her bid, but Gold couldn't do what her honesty did. Like Osaka before, Simone did what's right, calling out mental health, showing others a light. Suni Lee saw a chance and stepped up in her place, won the all-around, did it with style and with grace. At the Paras, McFadden and Long crushed their races, more medals to add to their stuffed trophy cases. In the W, quite a hot start for the Sun. Yonescu and Laney made the Liberty fun. Seattle looked strong, a Kamish Cup win. The Aces were among the league's best once again. At the end of it all, it was Mercury Sky. Parker brought a title to her hometown, Shy, A broken door, the outcome of an angry DT. Kalia F. and Copper was the MVP. To Major League Baseball, where tensions were brewing over CBA issues, both sides started stewing. But despite that, a season they needed to play, and a new home would be found for Canada's Jays. The All-Star game moved. Coors Field got the nod. Cleveland announced a new name for its squad. Field of Dreams game a hit. Tim's walk-off a oh, wow. Substances checks had some guys dropping trow. Shohei was magic. Bryce was a star. Salvi and Vlad hit the ball really far. America cheered as Atlanta prevailed. Fair or not, they all wanted the trash Trashtros to fail. OT win for the Spirit in the NWSL. Finals loss. Red Stars know it all too well. The only solution? A no-bones day. The couch and Ted Lasso to chase pain away. A supersized season for football this year. More red zone, more tailgates, more wings, and more beer. And I guess in the case of Detroit's football team, a chance to be first to go 0-17? As the season rolls on, lots of teams in the hunt. Not you, Jags and Lions. Your whole year was a punt. Like a kick. Urban, you know what that looks like. Looks like kicking the kicker was your literal last strike. Who will make it to SoFi? Still too early to tell. Rams, Cowboys, and Cards have been playing quite well. I know Brady is bawling, Mac Jones too. Roger's a big shot. Would I lie to you? But the stars might be sidelined as COVID hits hard. Not enough testing? People let down their guard? In the NBA too, COVID lists start to grow. How many postponements? It's too soon to know. Games push back in hockey. It's hitting there too. Sports mirroring life, but we try to push through. In the meantime, we watch as Steph adds to his lore, the garden crowd roaring for 2974. LeBron and the Lakers, a scuffling start. The Bulls are back, baby, and playing with heart. No vax for Kyrie, not allowed in the gym, made a global pandemic somehow about him. He wasn't the only one facing bad press. The Tiger Woods' crash aftermath was a mess. The non-dunk from Simmons, Kelly's LSU drawl, Bob Baffert's cheating, and horse racing, y'all. Bauer and Watson, Gruden and Ruggs, Shakari's star turn interrupted by drugs, Snyder the focus of Washpo reporting, NFL please explain why he's worth still supporting. There will always be bad guys who do bad guy things, who cheat and who lie in pursuit of a ring, but no matter how trying, when push comes to shove, we can't let the worst of us spoil what we love. Sports can inspire, good deeds they enable, just look at Bill's mafia, but hide all your tables. The good will persist. Of that, I've no doubt. And on that happy note, let's just close this thing out. CFP faves changed with each loss and win with no sure thing, except Saban would somehow get in. So we'll close out the year with the Bulls, Orange and Cotton, grateful a group of five team finally got in. Yes, Cincy, the team hoping they can take down the squad that most recently put on the crown. Georgia intends to avoid a defeat to the khaki-clad man who escaped the hot seat. They'll usher us into a year that's brand new, and who knows what we'll get in 2022. Maybe we skip all the New Year's Eve cheer, throw a party in June if it's a half-decent year. You just want to be cautious, you just never know. To be fair, we're in a two-year-long total bleep show. But at least we've got boosters, that's a win. And it always feels hopeful when a new year begins. So I'll try to stay positive, I'll put on a smile, pour a shot of Malort, Grab a can of Old Style. Yup, Chicago handshake for me. Milk and cookies for you. Merry Christmas, Santa. Bring it on, 22. Thank you. Thank you very much. I read it very fast. And uh, only one hiccup. Special. Thank you. Did you like it?
2: I did. I did like it. Your, your flow was, was excellent. Uh, as we would say in the hood, you, you had some
1: bars. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Uh, I started out quite positive the first day I wrote it. And by day two, as everything was getting canceled, I was like, well, damn, it's going to be another year where my poem ends by saying, eh, maybe next year's going to be better.
2: <laughs> hey, you got to stack the years, right? Make each year better than the last one. So it's still there's still a good message in that, even though you said that you, you ended it you know, on, with a little anger.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, the fact that most of the year was spent actually going to games, going mm-hmm. into stands again, spending time with family, friends, travel, all that stuff, like that was the majority of this year for us because of the vaccine, at least from like March or so on, things got a lot better. So just kind of a bummer that we're like almost there. And then it's like, and we're back to, yep. to all of this.
2: Yeah, it, it stinks. But I mean, we got to make the best of it. And, and here's the thing, right? We woke up this morning, so we won. And I I feel like every day you wake up is a victory. And it was a victory doing this show today with you.
1: Hey, I appreciate that. And you know what? You're right. That's the kind of the only attitude we can take right now is to be grateful for, um, I think somebody said on one of my Christmas cards, sort of just appreciative of the simple things, right? Like we, yeah. we kind of have to get back to that because uh, we're probably not going to be planning uh, large trips to faraway places or getting a lot of shows are being canceled again, stuff like that. So time to get back to the simple things and then hopefully uh, – The boosters and all the other stuff will take over again and we'll get we'll get back at it. And hopefully the playoffs will not be affected because Mm. this is a good bunch of teams in this college football playoff. And as I mentioned, I love a power a group of five team being in there. And it would be a real bummer if that got affected.
2: Yeah, it really would. So we hope everything plays out and definitely for the NFL playoffs, too. We want that thing to to come around. Uh, Hopefully that comes, too.
1: Yeah, we, one of our Christmas witches is for your titans to just, like, show up every week instead of disappearing. It's very confusing for us, especially as gamblers. We, we just need to know who's showing up, to run. Uh Speaking of showing up, thank you for showing up for the show tonight. Freddie and Fitzsimmons coming up next. They're going to have each of the people that I mentioned in that poem, every single one of them, joining them on their show tonight. See how they fit it in. They're next.